0: Matthew chapter 24, we are literally in verses 23 and following. We're gonna, The Bible says, Then if anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there He is, do not believe Him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, Behold, He's in the wilderness... Do not go there. Or behold, He's in the inner rooms. Do not believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpse is, the vultures will gather. This morning, we're going to teach this morning's message on verses 23-26. through But to get us caught up to where we're at there, the Bible says in verse 16, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. So, what we have, if you remember, whoever's on the housetop must not go down. This is what <coughs> Rodney was just reading from, from the Luke passage. Um, must not go down to get the things out of the, those things that are in their house. Whoever's in the field must not turn back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant, to those who are nursing babes in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulations such as not have occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor even nor ever will. Unless those days have been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Now we've preached through all of that. One thing is intriguing to me. I um, just got like, I don't know, 40,000 pictures of the Holy Land. And... Uh, and literally there's this word here don't pray that your flight is not in the winter or on the sabbath so what we have is the antichrist has come down or or, or not come down he's come up he is now in charge he puts a covenant with the jewish people in israel they have worship they can go in and and offering and things in the temple for three and a half years at the end of three and a half years there's a battle that arrays around jerusalem the antichrist breaks the covenant with jewish people with israel he then goes after israel and 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 literally a peace treaty is is taken from all the world now all the world goes away they're not going to fight against israel and the Israelites are now on the run. They take off because He breaks the covenant and He's out to kill them. That is what this is talking about. They are fleeing to the mountains. One of the things on the Sabbath, believe it or not, they have Sabbath stones surrounding Jerusalem. Do you know what a Sabbath stone is? And I got a picture of it. I didn't put it on the PowerPoint, but it's a white stone that's carved in. They could only walk that far. On Sabbath, then they'd have to turn around and go back. All these Sabbath stones around. That's why they're saying, and we talked about that. Pray that it's not on Sabbath, because what's going to happen? The Orthodox Jews are. Oh, you can only go so far. Then you got to wait. Well, wait to what? Get slaughtered. Um, And and that's what's going on. All right. So I see we have issues. Okay, we have the timeline. We have the church age that we're in. Tribulation is coming. The kingdom is coming after that. Church age is right now. The Holy Spirit has come. He indwells all believers. Um, and then eventually the church age will end. The church age will end when Jesus Christ raptures the, the church into heaven. Uh, <clears throat> midway through, then the tribulation starts. The first three and a half years are still have judgments. Um, and we're going to talk about some of those today. But midway through the tribulation, the Antichrist uh, breaks the covenant he had with Israel. And then the abomination of desolation happens. He basically reveres himself to be worshipped as the God. That's what happens. <clears throat> three and a half. The last three and a half years, right during... I will get a different colored pen. How's that sound? Ink color. How about yellow? Alright, so these are the worst three and a half years. Then comes the second coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, Of course you're going to do that. <clears throat> then the, Jesus comes down on the earth and there's like 75 days where between the tribulation and the kingdom... That we believe what is happening, we are not sure on this, but we believe Jesus is preparing the earth for His coming King, His coming kingdom. All right, those are found in Matthew twenty-four, four through eight. That might be the first part of the tribulation. Oh, for sure, Revelation talks about that in the early early passage. verses nine through twenty-eight are the second half of the tribulation in Matthew chapter twenty-four. For 2 Thessalonians 2, 3-10 are dealing with this abomination desolation guy. Seven died, five days of what we talked. That's what we're talking about. We're going to deal with literally, <clears throat> we're, going to talk, we're talking about this time frame right here today. That's what we're talking about. Between the time of the abomination and the second coming, Israel is on the run. The Antichrist is after him. Christians throughout the world are being slaughtered. People that have been saved during this time, during the tribulation, are now being slaughtered. They believe it's all God's fault. And therefore they're gonna blame it on the Christian. What is a Christian doing? What are the Jews doing to people? That they have to kill them. Literally, it's just it's it's insane. It's like, it's like they've been given a drug to hate Christians. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean? It's just it's crazy. And that's where we are in the text today that we just read, Matthew chapter 24. Verse 23 through 27. We'll probably only get to verse 26 this morning. So the Bible says, Then, if anyone leaves, says to you, Behold, here is the Christ. So now Israel is in the rocks, they're in the mountains. They fled all over into the and hid themselves in the mountains. And he says this, then, so the next step, the then is a timing issue, chronological. It locates the action here after the appearance of the desolation found midway through the tribulation um, and after the occurrence of the flight from from jerusalem has left so that's when this is and he says then if anyone says to you behold here is the christ or there he is do not believe him why in the world would someone try to fake the believers out they got him out of jerusalem what are they, why do they have to go after them what is the point they don't have like they're not armed to the hilt they're not full of disease and if they are they're gone they're hidden in the mountains who cares why are they going after them and why in the world not only are they going after them but why in the world would they use this tactic to take them out so we have a time frame literally where the Jews are hidden in the mountains of Jerusalem of of Israel they have fled to the mountains they're being hidden there by God and God is warning them right now he's warning them so by the we'll see that later he's warning them to say hey listen when people come to say behold here is the Christ or there he is do not believe him in other words let me ask you because Jesus is saying this are there people going to try to trick Israel into believing the Christ is here yes or no absolutely they are going to trick they want to trick them that hey he's here why do they want that or there he is why in the world do they want that here's the reason they want him. they want them there because they want to kill them all they literally want to kill them all and so in order to get them out of there, they have to use the text of Scripture knowing that they're waiting for a Messiah and saying, hey, your Messiah is here! Come on out of the woods! That's what's going on. Now, not only is that going on, but also the, people, the Israelites themselves, are they beside themselves waiting for the coming of Christ? Yes or no? Oh man, they can't wait! where Christ will come and just wipe these guys out. The minor prophets did the same thing. When, O Lord, are you going to come and deal with this nonsense? When are you going to take care of Egypt? When are you going to take care of the Assyrians? When are you going to take care of the Babylonians? When are you going to take care of these guys? Wipe them off so we can have our kingdom. We are your people. That same attitude is going on at this time. They need and want the Deliverer. Amen. Not only do they want the deliver, but all across the world Christians are being slaughtered and the world is in chaos. Let me give you an idea of what is going on. There is tribulation judgments according to the revelation. They are complete, they are devastating. Let me give a bunch of them for you. The world is a mess during the tribulation. Humanity clamors for leadership. Jesus described distresses in the world. Crisis in the world, calamities, confusion, corruption. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 calls it the abomination, the 70th week, the time of trouble. The trials of the tribulation are found in verses 5 through 12, previous in our Matthew chapter 24. In Revelation, it talks about the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the vile judgments, the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse, the white horse. All these judgments they talk about bringing catastrophe of of um literally uh earthquakes and tsunamis and famines and um, after all of this, the world still doesn't want to repent there's fire there's trumpet hailstorms on the earth it's the, the, one-third of the earth is destroyed. Volcanoes destroy one-third of the sea life. Asteroids fall and the earth and one-third of the water is, is contaminated. Demonic locust plagues. Of course, there is frantic need of deliver. The world cries out for a deliver. They want somebody to deliver, these, deliver them from their sufferings. Let me give you exactly what happens in the book of Revelation. I'm going to go through this very quickly. So you're going to... Read fast, listen fast, or take notes fast. Are you ready? <clears throat> Revelation 6, 1-2, Christ opens the first of the seven sealed scrolls and the rider on the white horse, probably the Antichrist, appears using diplomacy and promise of peace to establish his one world government, which he does at the beginning of the tribulation. Verse 3 and 4, the second seal introduces a great world war. Well, that, that worked well, didn't it? The third seal begins, the sufferings of famine and inflation. After a great war, what happens? Famines. Famine and inflation over the aftermath of the war. The fourth seal, as do all wars, results in death. But in this case, it totals one-fourth of the people and living creatures. 25% of all the world's living things die. By today's population standard, that would be about one and a half billion people. Verses 9 through 11, this passage introduces the martyrdom of those who have converted, who are converted under the preaching of the 144,000 Jewish witnesses, an innumerable amount of that. And then what happens is the leaders of the governments and the Antichrist are going after these Christians and Israelites to kill them. Why? What are the Christians doing to deserve death? It makes no sense. Except for men have been given to a depraved mind and they are absolutely bloodthirsty and want to kill all Christians. Why? Not because of Christian as a Christian, but because they are identified with God and God just killed in their mind one quarter of the population of this earth. They're ticked. Verses 12-17, through 17, the sixth seal exhibits the wrath of God poured out in the form of a mighty earthquake, the like of which has never been experienced. It is so severe that people call on the rocks to fall on them. Revelation 8, 1-6, the seventh seal introduces the seven trumpet judgments, ending the first quarter of the tribulation period and preparing for an even worse period, called the day of God's wrath. I believe it's the half point. The first trumpet, judgment, results in one-third of all trees, green grass being burned up by hail, fire, and blood cast upon the earth. The second trumpet, 8-9 of chapter 8, sees a great mountain of sulfur falling into the sea and destroying a third part of the sea and all the living creatures in it and a third of the shipping vessels. Think of Poseidon Adventure multiplied times one-third of all the world's ship it's just horrible the third trumpet causes a great star a meteor called wormwood to fall on the fountain of water and a third of the rivers turns bitter resulting the death of millions Revelation chapter 8 verse 12 does the fourth judgment results in one-third less Sun moonlight and stars extending to the dark extending the darkness of night Verse 13 of the same passage, a special angel flies around the earth warning the worst judgments are yet to come. How many think this is bad? He's running around saying, hey, Ed, the worst is yet to come. Chapter 9, verses 1-12, through 12, the fifth trumpet introduces hideous demon-like creatures such as scorpions and locusts out of the bottomless pit not able to kill men, they torture them so badly they will seek death and will not find it. Revelation 9.13, the sixth judgment, 200 million horsemen, demon spirit-like death angels who kill one-third of the people. This brings to 50% the population that is destroyed by God. Verse 15 of chapter 11, the seventh trumpet judgment introduces the awesome events described in chapters 12 through 18. And the most severe judgment yet reported, the vile judgments, or the bull judgments, describe the destruction of the Babylonian false religious system. The great harlot, the system, will be so powerful that it will dominate both the Antichrist and the ten kings at the same time. In verse 1-3, through 3, in verse th- chapter 13, in the process of killing the harlot, mystery Babylon, the false, re- false religious system, somehow the Antichrist is killed and gets a deadly wound that is healed. In verse 12, Satan himself is cast out of heaven where he has been the accuser of our brethren and now he enters the Antichrist and resurrection resurrects him to a new and even more vicious life. In verses 4 through 10, Antichrist now incarnated will force the remaining people of the earth to worship him except those whose names are in the book of life. The false prophets will replace the slain religious system forcing people to worship Antichrist and his image or be killed. Everyone will be compelled to display a 666 mark in order to have a job to buy and to sell. Chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, the first vial causes giant sores of those who reject Christ and instead instead accept the mark of the beast signifying their worship of Him. Verse 3, the second vial is is poured out on the sea turning it to blood as of a dead man and every living creature in the sea dies. Every one of them. Can you imagine the stench? The scene—just disgusting. Verse four: the the third vial turns the rivers and other sources of blood water to blood, especially just judgment because the people remaining have killed so many tribulational saints. Go ahead. Drink the blood, that's all you have to drink. Verses 8 and 9, the fourth vial will intensify the sun's heat until ungodly men blaspheme the name of God. Verses 10 and 11, the the fifth vial will cause darkness to cover the throne of the Antichrist and his entire kingdom. The sores will continue unrelentingly. Producing such agony that men will gnaw their tongues to pain and blaspheme God and refuse to repent. Verses thirteen and through sixteen, the sixth vial sends lying demon spirits out to the kings of the whole world to bring them down to the battle of that great day of God Almighty, more popularly known as the Battle of Armageddon. The seventh vial results. The seventh vial result sin, a judgment of Almighty God, that destroys the entire world system and judges all the unsaved men severely, but even though enormous hail stones fall, the unregenerate still refuse to repent. The judgment is so devastating that it appears the world for it, that it prepares the world for the coming of Christ to set up his earthly kingdom in chapter 18. The destruction of commercial and governmental Babylon, the new world order of which man has yearned (coughs) ever since his rebellion at Babylon, now occurs, possibly during the seventh vial, since it fits here, just before the earth's final judgment. It will totally collapse the Antichrist system and further pave the way for yet the event, the last, the best event of the tribulation, which is the coming of Jesus Christ, the wiping out of all those that come to war against Jerusalem. After all that, now let me ask you, is that bad? After all that, there's no repentance. They staunchly put their fist up at God and shake it. They hate God. It is so horrible and explicitly wicked. Everyone will be clamoring for leadership. Please, please help us. How many can see during that wicked, horrible time? Help us, help us. We need a deliverer. And the elect will be crying and anticipating the return of Christ. So the world, the the secular world is clamoring for a deliverer. They'll get it in the Antichrist. And the saints are clamoring for the Messiah. And they eventually will get Him at the end of the tribulation. But during that time of horrible tribulation, they are screaming for help. Both sides. How many understand? Did I set the table? Both sides are clamoring. And what happens? Well, this is actually found in Jerusalem. The top li- line reads, "Messiah, behold the Rabbi." It reads, "Write to the King Messiah and see miracles." Rabbi Menachem Mendel Sheener's son died on June 12, ninety four. He was the last Lubavitcher Rebbe, a Rabbi probably. In other words, he claimed to be the Messiah. But that's just one. There are multiple people say, "Hey, I'm the Messiah," and try to lure Israel out from the mountains. Don't believe them, he says. Why? Why is that so important? And what are these people? There are a lot of questions here. The Bible says it this way. Then I saw, and I do. I have all these. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll just keep going because I think I do. For false Christ, verse twenty-four. It's right on the heels of verse twenty-three. Obviously. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show, look at the word there that I highlighted, great signs. You will find that every time before this, it has just been signs or happenings. Now all of a sudden the language is changing. And now this is great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if, if, if even possible, the elect. So there are false Christs, false messiahs coming. Who are these false prophets? Who are these false Christs? Great signs and wonders are... Who are they attributed to, by the way? Great signs and wonders. If you take the Scripture and look for great signs and wonders, you will find them in many places, but one one will dominate the spectrum. What place in Scripture would dominate signs and wonders? We call them the, the Gospels, right? The Gospels. And who did great signs and wonders? Jesus Christ did. What did He do? Help me out. What did He do? What's that? Raised the dead. Who? Lazarus. Wed. Wed. (laughs) Fed 5,000 people. Walked on water. What else? What's that? Water into wine. First one. These were signs and wonders that that were happening during Jesus' time. So what's happening is during... The mid at the last part of the tri- tribulation, there are false Christs and false messiahs that are doing what looks like Jesus' signs in order to lure them out of the mountains so they can slaughter them. That's what's going on. So he's trying to warn them and he's warning them. Look at this passage contextually is to be written writ- read during the tribulation. That's the whole point of this text. Listen, there are going to be competing people that have show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Even the elect, the attractiveness of the signs and wonders that will be on offer will be precisely their echo of the signs and wonders that they saw in their history let me ask you were signs and wonders given to israel when they walked from egypt to the promised land you bet there was water coming from a rock manna from heaven oh there's this little one called the greatest aquarium that ever god brought right divided the red sea in half Miracle after miracle, signs and wonders constantly happening. They're used to that. They they desire that now. And so when the Antichrist and the false Christ and the false prophets do those things, it's very easy to be tempted to be misled. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. Why the term possible? Let's look at some more here. why is it can or can't the question is because of that verse can or can't the elect be manipulated and follow a false christ well the bible says this when he puts forth all his own he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they what they know his voice john chapter 10 but you do not believe (coughs) because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Let me ask you, can a truly, true child of God be taken, be misled by the Antichrist? Yes or no? No. No, he cannot. They know that's not God's voice. Now, will there be professing believers that are misled by the Antichrist? Absolutely. There will be many.
1: <clears throat>
0: They're all in it for themselves. And that's a different topic of what the Gospel is. We're not prepared to preach all that. Revelation 13.13 13 says it this way, He performs great signs so that, even, so that He even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. Who is this talking about? This is talking about the Antichrist in the middle of the tribulation. He's saying he literally can get fire to come down out of heaven. Let's keep going. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by, his, by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Listen, demons, angels, <coughs> Satan himself, we don't know who they are. We could by the way, there's a whole big thing about demons and angels. Who are these people? Who are these false teachers? <clears throat> false teachers will be persuasive. How? Will it be ingenuity? Will it be trickery? Is it angels? Is it demons? Angels can do a lot of things. Hebrews chapter 13:2 t- tells us, we entertain angels unaware. Do we really do that? Or is the bible just trying to make you feel good no this is real this is real galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 10 i am amazed that you are so quickly desiring him who called you by the grace of grace of christ for a different gospel which is really not another only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of christ The Gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest, most important truth that you cannot be wrong on. You can't be wrong on it. But even we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a Gospel contrary to what we have preached to you. He is to be what? Accursed. He is to be accursed, the Bible says. It's very clear on this. He is to be accursed as we have said before so i say again now if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received he is to be accursed do you think the gospel is important to jesus Man, that's why that's why we're going through the gospel right now. We cannot get it wrong. We cannot put it down. We cannot water it down. It's got to be unadulterated. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Why well, want to be a showy guy and make sure everybody knows that yeah, I'm I'm a Christian cuz that's cool. Well, that's in. Or am I striving to please men or If I were still striving to please men, I I would not be a bondservant to Jesus Christ. Listen, folks, one of the greatest problems Christians have, and I'll call them quote-unquote Christians. I don't know if they are or not. But one of the biggest problems people have is they want to be men-pleasers. I want to please... Listen, folks. We should want to please God, not men. It's about God. And I, I tell you, this gets right into... That gets right into <coughs> governmental issues. When government oversteps its bounds and makes you disobey God, it is better to obey God rather than men. Even if it means your life. We are bondservants to Christ. Let me ask you: If angels can be entertained unaware, then logically would it would it go to reason that also then demons can be entertained but unaware? Yes or no? Absolutely, we don't know. We don't know. Matter of fact, it's gotten so bad that, uh, and I think I have this. I'm going to go here. How many can read that? Even the Torah mentions the possibility of a false prophet performing actual miracles. Deuteronomy chapter 13, If there arise in the midst of thee a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives thee a sign or a wonder, see that word? And the sign or the wonder comes to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after these other gods which thou hast not known and let us serve them thou shalt not hearken under the words of that prophet or under the dreamer of dreams or Jehovah your god proveth you for but Jehovah your god proveth you to know whether you love Jehovah your god with all your heart and with all your soul amen do you love the lord or not if you love him you know him and you will not follow after these crazies 1 john chapter 1 beloved Do not believe every spirit. Why? Why do we not believe every spirit? Because we don't know if they're of God or of Satan. But test the spirits to see that they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and now it is already in the world. And let me tell you, it is already in the world. I have told you before, I'll tell you again, I should have had it. I wish I could have a picture. Here's the problem. I can't just take any willy-nilly picture off of the internet and put it up because they'll shut us down because they think it's copyrighted. (sighs) But inside the Dome of the Rock, if you go, they say there is only one God. He has no son. Jesus Christ is not Him. I mean, literally destroys any reality that Jesus is God. Guess who else does that? Judaism. Guess who else does that? You can start naming names over and over and over again. There are many of them. Do you know in the 7th century, Mohammed got a message from the angel Gabriel that said god has no son why in the world would that even be said because he had a son amen <laughs> amen you see these religions that come after christianity attack christianity and this is how they do it that makes their religion it's the anti-christianity religion or antichrist today 1.8 billion Muslims cry there is no God but Allah what they are saying is Jesus is not God Jesus is God in 1830 it didn't stop that was in the seventh century and it's been going on and on and on and on 18th century 18 <clears throat> 1830 an angel supposedly came to a man named Joseph Smith This is what the angel said to Joseph Smith. Christianity is apostate and fallen away. And we are here to restore the true gospel. There are... That's what they... They're here to... to, to, To restore the true gospel. There are now multiple millions of Mormons roaming this earth. You see, angels can do a lot of things. Now, whether the guy, Joseph Smith and and Muhammad lied or whether a demon came to them is irrelevant. Watch and pray. That great tribulation that we just talked about was so bad. was so bad. The Holocaust is nothing compared to it. And then there, because of this, there is confusion. And these refugees run away. They ran out of Jerusalem. This is, by the way, this is the wilderness of Judea. Do you see that kind of blue thing in the background? This is the Dead Sea. This is the Judea wilderness. This is what Jewish people are going to have in their mind when God says, get out of Dodge. Run away. This is one way they can go. By the way, this will go all the way around the Dead Sea and then a vast, just vast, on the other side. So, what about the elect? We already showed you that God God says that my sheep hear my voice in in the book of John, chapter 10. The the term elect, the term repeats from, by the way, verse 22. It talks about the elect and will come again in verse 31. Folks, here's the reality there is an elect. Matter, matter of fact, just Google elect once or, or find in your Bible how many times elect is used. What does that mean, election or elect? Chosen. Why is God calling them in his scripture the elect? They are the what? Chosen ones. <laughs> how can you not see God choosing his people? It's because your theology makes you detest that. Let me tell you, there's a better theology. It's called biblical one. God has chosen and we have chosen. Both are true. Until you get over that hump, you are going to be an anti-something your entire life. And you're in a dangerous place. Salvation is not all about humanity. Salvation, in its very fundamental purpose, is all about God's glory. When you rip him out from salvation, you are literally ripping out the glory of God. How dangerous and blasphemous is that? It's horrible. The text goes on. Well, by the way, this this election, I, I just did it by memory. I will read some things that I hopefully won't will and forgot. It is God's work. The question cannot even arise. But once there is talk about that which might deceive, so when he says elect, that's God's work, right? Absolutely God. And but then he has the word if possible. Remember that? That adds the term into man's responsibility. See, God has chosen, but man has to choose Christ also. That's why both of them are found in this text and they are mutually true. They're absolutely true. God chose us before the foundation of the world. You chose God when you put your faith and trust in Him alone for salvation. Both are true the text intends to signal the juxtaposition of these two analytically irrevoc- ir- irreconcilable but vital important perspectives with its possible in other words they're both true even though it seems like they can't be they're both true <clears throat> matthew chapter 20 4, verses 25 and 26 as we continue. Behold, I have told you in advance, if therefore they say to you, Okay, behold, I have told you in advance. What does that mean? I have told you in advance. That's very important. We need to understand. We need to follow where this comes from and why it's there. I have told you in advance, if therefore they say to you, behold he is in the wilderness do not go there i just showed you one of the wilderness i'm going to show you another one or behold he's in the inner room i'm going to show you this too do not believe him don't believe him do not believe them why the closer one gets to the real thing the greater the scale on which attempts to deceive will occur does that make sense the closer we get to the coming of jesus christ there's going to be more and more and more false teachers and more false christ because it's closer and closer and when everything is going awry it's in absolute chaos people are going to say both unsaved and saved are going to say please bring us a deliverer that's what the unsaved are going to do and they're going to accept the antichrist and they're going to accept all these false prophets and the believers are going to say please christ come again and they will because they have been elected by god they will know the difference between a false one and a real one But they're clamoring, they're praying, they're begging for God to come again. What's interesting on this is, first of all, this picture. The Bible Society. Anybody know where that's at? That's in the heart of Jerusalem. (laughs) They have no excuse. They will have exactly what we are reading, exactly what we are preaching right now. Those tribulational saints will have it. They'll have access to it. That's why He says this this—that's uh, why he says the—the the term, the—the the verse. I'll go back there. I have told you in advance. When did Christ tell them in advance? Let me ask you: Did Christ tell the tribulational saints in advance in Matthew chapter twenty-four what not to do and what to do? Absolutely, absolutely. Then he says, "Behold, they're in the wilderness." This is the wilderness of Judea that lies just east of Jerusalem. This photograph was taken near An and shows the Nahal Arigot. <laughs> this is cool. I love this. So, <clears throat> this reminds me of eastern Montana. <laughs> and you can look across there and say, wow, you could see everything. Well, let me ask you can you see something right here? Sure. Right here? Sure. What about this valley that comes right down here, right on the other side of that hill? You can't see anything there. Matter of fact, it gets so bad. I should show you, I should have brought that picture too. It gets so bad that there's like 20 feet. It, the outcroppings grow up and they almost touch each other, and there's like 20 feet at the bottom that you can walk through. The valley is just awesome. It literally is awesome. And every one of these things, anytime you see a shadow, That's a wadi, and it's a crevice, and it's a a, a valley that literally you could walk 100 yards away from a whole army and they'd never see you if they were on the other side of that wadi. The mountain, it's right there. You're walking down two different valleys. It's just awesome. When they say, hey, he's in the wilderness, he's been... Don't believe them. Christ isn't going to come crawling out of a rock. Amen? Don't believe him when they say, "Oh yeah, he's in, you know he's alive today and he's in the the wilderness and he's going to come out when when the right time is." No, that's not how Jesus comes. Some will say the wilderness. Some will say in the inner room. Now I was going to put a uh, <clears throat> what do they call that where they keep all their Goods in a secret hole in the ground. Yeah, that's where you put your cash. Your guns, your food, your bunker. Thank you. Jesus is not going to crawl out of a bunker. He's not going to crawl out of the inner room this inner room means what? It means He's in a secret place where you put your valuables. In a vault. That's the idea. You're not going to you know, rub the bottle to release the genie. You're not going to put where all your love stuff is, your guns, your food, your everything else. He's not going to come out of a bunker and say, here I am to destroy. No, that's not how Christ is coming. Amen. He's not coming that way. By the way, this room, this is the inner room. This is the interior of the home of the former Prime Minister David Ban Just so you know. That's a Jerusalem room right now is what I'm saying. Alright. How many are understanding what's going on? Alright. <clears throat> so how is Christ coming? I'm just going to introduce this and next week we're going to finish it the bible says for just as lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west so shall the coming of the son of man be this is lightning above the city of jerusalem how then will those protect how will they know the how will the protected ones know the ones that are in the wilderness the ones that are hiding from all the world how will they know when the true lord appears and his and establishes his kingdom no one will be surprised. I mean, everyone will be surprised. No one will be unknowable. How many of you understand that? How is it going to happen? We just read Luke. What's going to happen? Do you remember? Two people laying in a bed? What happens? One is gone. The other's left. Do you think the whole town's going to know about that? Two people are in grinding in the wheat in the, in the grinder. Two women are. One's taken, one is not. Do you think the whole job in that whole area will know what's going on? Two people are out in the field. One is taken, one is left. Do you, do you not believe that everybody's going to know? There's going to be a lightning across the east from the west. What does that mean? Go as far east as you can and go as far west as you can. What does that mean? Everybody will know. Two feet standing on the Mount of Olives, explode, I mean, up, upheavals and all this, everything's going on. It's going to be massive. Do you think the world will not know when Jesus comes? The world will know when Jesus comes, amen. Absolutely know when Jesus comes. There's another, so this is a lightning found in Jerusalem. Uh, I'm sorry, this is a lightning strike in Israel near Tel Aviv. How many know where Tel Aviv is it's to the east of Jerusalem and this one is in, this is the lightning from the Judean hill. listen folks, you've heard of the big sky country because it's wide open and everything you ever been in Israel? You' ever seen pictures of it It's wide open. everybody sees the lightning everybody knows that and here's what the the Jesus is coming again. He's coming again in power and in what? Great glory. The world will know when Jesus is coming again. And we. He's not coming out of the wilderness. Not coming out of a bunker. He's not coming out of an inner room. He's coming in great glory. And we will finally see the Jews, Israel, and those tribulational saints... Well, yes! Yes, he's here. Woo! Where 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 is everybody? All of them we will learn as we go on are taken to judgment. There will not be that moment when the lightning strikes and the people are taken away the only thing left on this earth is total devastation and Christians. That's it. And Jesus Christ, their King. Then, then, those that are in heaven, the saints will come down and rule and reign with Christ over all the earth. say, what are we going to do? Let me ask you, what are you going to do when everything in the sea is dead? When 50% of the population is laying in heaps? Oh, guess what it says in verse 28. See, I'm getting ahead of myself, that's okay. Look what it says in verse 28. When the vultures, do you see that? Look at that when the corpse is there, the vultures will gather. See, the end of the tribulation, it ends in Jesus Christ coming to earth with a sword of fire. How many have ever heard of something like that? And whip across and slaughter all of those that are, perp- that are, that are ready to attack and destroy the peoples of God. And He wipes them out. Wipes them out when you hear and see these naked-necked big birds, the vultures, you know, you know, Jesus has come. He's coming again. What a great... uh. Verse 29 starts with, but immediately after the tribulation of those days. So we've just come to the end of the tribulation. How many... Understand some practical truths about tribulation. All right. <clears throat> any questions? This is all family here this morning, so you have any questions that I might be able to answer? Scott. No at the end of the tribulation. At the end of the tribulation, Christ takes all those, and we'll, we'll see that in just a second. Now, this, at the end of the tribulation, you'll see it at the end, where God is going to judge the sheep from the goat. Okay, There's a sheep and a goat thing at that time. And He'll take all those that are unsaved and throw them into the lake of fire. They're gone. That's That's why He takes them. He takes them to punishment. Now, the question that I struggle with that I talked about before, which I might have confused you, is that what when do the during the millennial kingdom at the end there are saved and unsaved people? Because there are people being born during the millennium. So they're saved and unsaved. When do they, when are they separated? There has to be another separation. Um, so Matthew 24 and 25 talk about the separation of the sheep and the goats and it's after, at the end of the tribulation. At the end of the tribulation would be the best. At the end of the tribulation that's going to happen. Um, but there has to be another winnowing and that is when the army goes against Christ and His army and God wipes them out and then the final judgment takes place. And those that are saved go to eternal heaven, those that are not go to eternal hell, including Satan. And then that's it. Then there's a new heaven and a new earth. So as well as as I read scripture, there are two separate opportunities that God separates people. One at the end of the tribulation, which is right here. We'll read it. And one at the end of the millennial kingdom, which will come. Matthew or Revelation chapter 20 and 21, I believe is where you find that. I think it's at the end of 20, actually. But that's what I believe. Does it get a little so? So now there are covenant theologians that say, no, no, no. Those are the same events, talked about differently. I disagree with that. I don't think that's true. But I can see where they can get that. How many understand that? Because there's another, you know, I, I can understand. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming this morning, this evening. I'm going to have in just a second Bob. He is unprepared because um, Andrew is not here. Um, but Bob is going to come and, and close us in a word of prayer and make sure you have a safe journey home. We have, um, at one time this, this month, we've had 25% of our 20 to 25% of our church had COVID. Um, it wasn't. I, I can't dogmatically say it wasn't from church but many of those that were sick didn't even come to church so um it, it's uh the reality is um we our families have been devastated with it um please pray for Bill as he's having a, the hardest time with it the rest of the families have are doing much better or are fine now um so in the coming days we will gradually build up our attendance as those go away. Uh, So please pray in prayer for Bill specifically as you've been getting things. Maria's back, so it's great, right? All right, and so is Josie, so that's awesome. So um, with no further ado, Bob, if you could close in prayer and then we'll be dismissed and have a safe trip home.
1: Let us stand, and I'll close this in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. And though we may be small, but Lord, we just open our hearts to you, Lord, for um, the study we're going through that, in the end, the gospel is so relatively important that people come to know you, that you've predestined, Lord, and not have to go through That tribulation as was briefly read it'll be a horrifying time but you have laid it out in your word how things will go down and how things will progress through time and Lord we're just so thankful that you've given us your word that we can read these understand them and Lord we thank you for just loving us and caring for us and for those that are not feeling well and those that we all know about that in the hospital and other things, Lord, just reach down, comfort them, and give them reassurance, and Lord, just bring us back again safely again. In your heavenly name, amen.